everyone, welcome back to another episode of Clock In Vibe Out. I am your host, Reyna, and today I have such a good episode in store for you guys. Today I am joined by an insanely talented up-and-coming singer-songwriter, and not only does she sing, not only does she write, she's even more multifaceted. She also works on the music business side of things as a marketing representative at 1824, so, this week's guest, Alessia. Hi, thank you so much, Raina, for having me. I'm super, super excited. It's been a while since I had a music guest on, and I'm so excited to just sit back and talk about some music today with you. Yes, let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> First and foremost, quick shout out to Taylor Lincoln for introducing me to Alessia. She's been helping yes. me with my podcast a little bit. Thanks, girl. I was working with Taylor, and she said, You have to meet my friend Alessia. She's amazing. She does this, that, and the other thing. And then I looked at Alessia and I said, wow, she actually does this, that, and everything. So perfect. <laughs> we have to have her on. <laughs> so how did you get started in music? It's been like quite a journey, especially over the last couple of years. So I, I originally started in theater. I think I auditioned for my first musical when I was five. Oh my God, me too. Wait, no way. You're a theater girl too? Yes, at heart, forever and always. Okay, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, theater girls. I love it. Theater was a huge part of my life forever. Um, I actually ended up going to college for theater. So I started when I was five. I auditioned for my first musical, The Wizard of Oz, as Munchkin, and I didn't get in. <laughs> oh, ever no. since, I know. But ever since then, I was determined to get in a musical. I was like, I'm going to do this. So I auditioning and eventually um, I got into musical. I went to a theater high school where I studied acting in high school and then eventually went to college. And then it was in college when I was a theater major that I kind of found music business, songwriting, and I kind of got involved in all of that. Yeah, I did see that you're getting your BA in theater which yeah. is so sick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I actually started as a BFA, which is, I think, a more popular route to go down, um, like a more conservatory style training. Um, but about midway through college, I had this desire to really get involved more in music and in the music business. So I decided to switch the BA. It gave me a lot more freedom to explore other things and explore other things that I was passionate about. So once I had that flexibility, that's when I was able to start working for 1824. Um, and I started taking some music business classes, some marketing classes, and yeah, the rest was kind of history. Sorry, this is like not really relevant, but I really, really relate. And I don't think that many people have this experience. But when you first auditioned, were you terrified? Because I remember being five years old. The I think that you had to be like seven to even audition, but I would not shut up about it to my mom. <laughs> and my mom was getting like so over it with me. So she called the director and she was like, I'm so sorry, but like I literally just need you to let my child audition because she just won't shut up. So I remember I was so scared. I was literally hiding behind my mom's leg because I couldn't read. Like, did you know how to read? We were in first grade and I was like, oh, shoot. No, I also remember being absolutely terrified. When I went to my first dance class when I was in first grade, I didn't last five minutes. I ran out of the class hysterical crying and was hugging my mom and like was so scared. And it's just crazy to see how much like since five years old, how much I've really broken out of my shell. Right. <laughs> so scared. And especially at that audition, I was sweat. I was like sweating. I remember yes. so petrified and so scared. 
Um, I would like literally cry after I would sing in front of people. I would get so nervous. So you know, to see like now at 22 years old, how I can, how I've gained like so much confidence is such an amazing thing to reflect on. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. We love growth. That's yes, nice. it's all about the growth. So when you're in musicals and stuff, I remember working with uh, like a vocal coach and kind of getting some lessons and that is kind of a part of the whole process of getting the show together. So do you have any classical training or is it just something that you've kind of disciplined yourself? Oh, I wish I was one of those people who was born with the natural ability to sing. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely not. Um, I actually, so I started voice lessons when I was in fourth grade. They were more theater based. I had a more like theatrical voice teacher who pretty much just taught primarily to theater, theater people. And I actually have recordings. And this was like before MacBooks were like a thing. Like this was long ago when everything you recorded was recorded to a CD. So, oh, oh, the voice CDs. Oh, you just unlocked a memory. I didn't know I had. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So you know the vibes. I know the vibes. (laughs) I have literally, I think, 50 CDs of me singing when I was like 10. And I go back and I listen and I'm like, yeah, no, thank God I took voice lessons because life would be a lot different. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I started studying more of a theatrical type of voice. And then when I was in seventh grade, I started studying classical music. So I sang opera for a while. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I was like singing in Italian and German and French and all that. And I kind of studied that through high school. Um, So when I was auditioning for schools, I actually auditioned for theater programs and opera programs. And I thought maybe that was the route that I wanted to go and then I really didn't start singing more pop and R&B until that was always the music I liked to listen to. Like R&B, I grew up listening to Alicia Keys. So that was always the music that I listened to, but I didn't really start experimenting in singing that type of style until I was probably in my junior, senior year of high school. Wait, that is so interesting. I actually don't think that I've ever met anybody who has done opera at all. What were the main differences between when you were doing voice work for theater versus voice work for opera versus voice work for R&B and pop and like more traditional recording styles? That is so cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, you would think that they'd be so different and they're really, I at least I don't think that they are. The coach that I have now, she is a professional opera singer we primarily work on R&B and jazz. I've been really into jazz lately. So that's primarily what I've been training. And it's so crazy how everything is intertwined. So she's an opera singer. So she teaches a more classical approach. But all of that classical training, I can still apply to my R&B singing, my jazz singing. Um, It was actually so funny. My lesson this past week, I was working on some jazz songs and my voice just fell so comfortably. It it falls so comfortably into that genre. And she was like, you should be singing everything the same way that you approach jazz and it would still work. So yeah, I think that everything is so intertwined and I'm really lucky that I've had a background in all of them and I can kind of pull from different techniques based on what I see fit. But yeah, I don't think that they're too far apart from each other, to be completely honest. That's so cool that all of those are so different, but so similar at the same time. 
Dude, I kind of think that jazz is making a comeback. And I know that jazz never really died, but it definitely had a time where it was more popular than it is now. But I'm so hype and I'm really glad that you mentioned it because I have always loved really jazzy music. I've always had like a jazzy playlist. I just think that all of the different instruments that contribute to jazz music bring so much soul into the music. And so I'm super, 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 super hopeful that it makes a comeback because how fun if every single bar turned into a jazz bar. Yes, please. Oh my gosh. I need that in my life. So right. (laughs) We can both go back to New Jersey and we can go. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so down. I'm so down. You have a very, very soulful voice. You have a wonderful voice. I was listening to some of your songs and instant fan right off the bat. Um, But I wanted to ask, do you have any prominent music influences or has there been anyone's music or musical styles that have kind of influenced not only the way you sing, but the kind of music that you want to make? So because of because of having such a multifaceted background, I've really been able to pull inspiration from so many different artists. And especially working in the music industry, I listen to every type of music out there, every genre, every style. So I feel like the artists that I pull influence from is not one specific genre. Like I said before, I love jazz. I love listening to Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra. I'm Italian, grew up in an Italian household. So Sinatra playing in the house. Uh Uh, Sinatra is religion. Yes, literally, especially for my family. (laughs) So that was um, really what I grew up on. And then that kind of transitioned into a more modern jazz with Amy Winehouse, um, who's one of my big influences. And then growing up, I, I loved Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys was a huge influence for me. And then more a more modern take on R&B, Snow Allegra, I've, for the past year and a half, have been listening to so much and drawing a lot of inspiration from. There's just so much music out there to be listened to. Absolutely. A really nice thing about working in music is once you start looking for anything, you recognize it more in the world. So like whether it's like you get a new car that's blue and you start to see all the other blue cars on the road. I've noticed that once I started working in music, I notice a lot more things that are music related that come into my path. Finding new artists, for example, I feel like in the time that I've worked in music, I have discovered so many more people that work in music, that make music, that help with shows and do all of this stuff. So it is really cool because you get to expose yourself to all of these different things that can inspire you. Right, exactly. I feel like the more music I listen to, the more I just appreciate different genres and different styles. People always ask, you know, it's like a very common question. Oh my God, what kind of music do you listen to? And I feel like sometimes people get annoyed when I answer them and I'm like, oh, I listen to like every kind of music. I don't know. (laughs) And I think that some people think that it's a cop out answer, but I think that it's so possible to find things that you can appreciate in every single different kind of music. Oh, I completely agree. Moving right along, this is another really big part of recording and Honestly, I think that people would find it surprising how many artists don't have any part in writing their songs, but I think that songwriting is such a cool art and such a cool way of expression. So I did want to talk a little bit about your songwriting experience. 3AM was the first song that you ever released, but did you write songs before that? Growing up, I always kept a little diary in my nightstand next to my bed, and I would write songs in my little diary, but I would never 
record them or release them or anything. So I started doing that when I was like seven years old. I actually got an opportunity. Someone DM'd me on Instagram and basically was like, oh, I'm producing this album for this rapper and we need a female vocalist to come in and like put some vocals down on the track. So that's how I met my first producer. And we basically like became good friends, started working together. And he was like, you should really start doing your own stuff. Have you ever considered songwriting? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I thought about it, not too seriously. And he told me, you really should. I'll send you some beats. Come back in a week and you can start recording. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is the summer going into college. So I went home and I wrote a song and I came back two days later. And that's when I recorded my first ever recorded song, which was called Too Late. And that is... Uh, SoundCloud exclusive. <laughs> so that's I love like, that. On like other platforms, but that was the first song I ever released. I released it on SoundCloud, and I kind of kept in touch with him throughout the next year while I was in college. And then the next summer when I came home, so the summer after my freshman year of college, was when I recorded uh, 3 a.m. And I was like, hmm, like maybe I really should consider releasing this one. And then I did. So that was that was how that started. <laughs> That's so exciting. What was there anything that specifically pushed you to release 3AM as the song that you were going to first release on all of those platforms? Um or did you just kind of get the feeling and you're like this is the one. This is it. I had just been working on it. I put a lot into it and I've been working on it for so long. So I think I was just like why not, you know? Like yeah. I'm going to do it. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? And and I did. And I got a really good response from my friends and my family and people at school. So that's when I was like, okay, maybe I could actually do this and continue doing this. I have to say, I actually really like the song. And I know that, like a lot of times, whenever people first do the first round of anything, one of my teachers always used to call it the first pancake. It's like when you're literally making pancakes in the kitchen, the first one yes. is always kind of like you're still trying to figure out what temperature to put the pan at, like if you have too much batter, too little batter. And so I was expecting it to be like a first pancake kind of song. And I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, this slaps. Thank you. Oh my God. I'm very glad that you said that because for me, it is totally a first pancake type of song. Like <laughs> I can't even listen to my old music because I just, it, you know how, I mean, you, you have a podcast, so you probably don't maybe don't have this experience but whenever I like listen back on a video of myself talking I always cringe because I'm like oh my god like I, you probably have never experienced that that's so crazy that you think that because I literally I was just texting my friend I was like wow damn I just released an episode and I'm pretty sure I sound so awkward the entire time I literally get that same exact feeling so you totally get it it's like listening back at yourself do something is just for me, like, it's so it, awkward. It's so awkward and it makes me cringe. So at first, like obviously I listened to the song a million times before I put it out because I want to make sure it's perfect and I want to make sure the, the mix is good. And I probably listened to my own songs so many times. And then once I released it, I never listened to it again. Uh -huh. <laughs> and also releasing music is so vulnerable. And knowing that like those things that I thought and I felt are out in the universe is actually so scary. So after yeah. it, 
I just don't listen to it. I just forget it exists. <laughs> I feel that so hard. That's I do the same exact thing. Before I release every single episode, I probably listen to it about four times. I'll listen yeah. to it once after I record to like generally just see what kind of content I have, like figure out how I'm going to plan it out. And then I listen to it while I'm editing. And then once I think I'm done editing, I'll listen to it again to see if I need to edit out any like little tiny things. And then once I do my sound engineering, I'll listen to it again. Yeah. And then once I add the intro outro, I'll listen to it again to make sure that everything's fine. And then once it's uploaded, that's it. I don't touch it. I don't do it. So I feel that so hard. <laughs> yeah. Like real thing was probably the one that I did the worst with. Like real thing I wrote last December. So a, so almost... 15 months ago, I wrote and recorded Real Thing and I released Real Thing a year after it was recorded. And I probably listened to it over a thousand times in between. (laughs) I don't think I streamed it once since. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, no, because it is so terrifying. Anytime that you create anything, whether it's big or small, it is really scary to throw it out into the world to have people essentially judge you. But it's like, it's a fine line because you want people to connect with what you're doing, but also we're all human. Nobody wants to be judged and nobody wants to be rejected. And it is totally, totally scary. The scare. I think that the scariest part for me is the person that it's about listening. Like, Oh, that's the tea for me. Like, cause my, as human beings, I feel like a lot of us has, have been through really similar experiences. So when I listen to someone else's song, like I, I can really connect with other people's songs and, and I've been really fortunate to get feedback that people have connected with my music as well. But I think that the scariest part is not what other people will think, but what the person that it's about will think. Um, mm-hmm. that's always kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's where like the, the big, the big part of my fear comes from. That is such a good point. I have never thought about that, but I could totally see how that would be something that one would worry about for sure. If anyone ever tries to come at you sideways about that, just be like, babe, you are my muse. And then it'll all be fine. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Super exciting. I heard from a little birdie that you are working on a new EP. Yes. Yes, I am. Like I mentioned a little earlier, I've been very, very influenced by jazz recently. So I am writing an R&B EP with a lot of jazz influences. It's in very early stages right now. I've written bits and pieces of certain songs. I have no complete songs quite yet. But yeah, that's the direction that we're going in. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think this one's going to be very a very different vibe than what I've released previously, but I'm really excited to start trying some new things. Yes. Well, that is exciting and we will definitely have to be on the lookout for that. Okay. So we've kind of gone over your singer songwriter side, but I think what's really cool about you is that not only do you do the artistic side of things, but you also do work on the music business side also. So 1824, for those of you who are not aware, 1824 is Basically, the new revamped college division of Universal Music Group. Universal Music Group is one of the big, big players in the music industry. 1824 is basically a first-of-its-kind network of young creatives, which is really, really unique, and it's focused on content and the connection of artists directly to fans. What has your experience with them been like? 
So I've actually had like a lot of different routes that I've experienced through 1824. What's amazing about the team is that there's so many different verticals um, that you get to learn from. So originally I was hired onto the team as a marketing representative. And then I started working on the creator partnerships team. So I worked on the connection of influencers to artists, which was really cool. I loved doing that. So I did that for a while. I did brand partnerships for a while. And then I eventually went back to focus on marketing um, and was working specifically with artists to design marketing plans for their upcoming releases. And um, I've just started to do a little bit of A&R. I'm not officially on the A&R team quite yet. It's a a work in progress. Uh, It's something I'm working towards, but I've started to do my own little like A&R scouting on the side for UMG. So currently what I'm working on, I'm focusing on A&R and I'm focusing on marketing plans for artists. That's really cool. So then you're basically working with the artists to create campaigns for like new singles or new campaigns that they're working on or stuff like that as far as the marketing side goes. Yes, exactly. So my team and I will we'll meet up, we'll draft a marketing deck, we'll present it to the label, they'll kind of come back to us with some notes, and then they'll kind of give us the green light to go run ahead with some of these ideas, and then we make it happen. And that's cool that you are working pretty closely with those big people in the industry already. It is really cool that a lot of those big players have started to implement their college programs. It's really a great way for people who think that they want to get into the music industry to get that first foot in the door. It's actually like the biggest blessing I could have ever wished for in my career. Like I, anyone who knows me knows how obsessed I am with my job. I I could not speak more highly about this program. It's so amazing. Our management is incredible. They care about us so much and they care about our growth and they want to see us win. They want to see us succeed, which is so incredible to have such a great support system. And every single day I'm on calls with A&Rs, artist managers, artists, marketing teams. It's actually the most insane thing I could have ever wished for as a college student. Just to be able to get real, tangible music industry experience every single day, it is something I truly couldn't trade for anything. And it's so fun too. I just, I love my job. I have so much fun every single day with it. And I have the best team, the best coworkers. It is just an incredible, incredible division. The people that you're surrounded with are kind of a reflection of you as well. So I always really love to work on those insane teams because I just always feel like the energy is so high and everyone is just so smart and creative and it's just so wonderful. I want to talk about A&R for a second because when I first first was dipping my toes in the water of the music industry, people kept saying A&R and I was like, A and what? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) So A&R stands for Artist and Repertoire, and essentially it is scouting for new artists. Every single time someone's like, oh, what do you want to do? And I say, oh, I want to be an A&R. They're like, what is that? So <laughs> sometimes people think that I'm saying H&R, and then they're like, oh, my God, do you want to be a CPA? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Not exactly. <laughs> what an A&R does is, I guess the first step is, which a lot of people do know, is the artist discovery part. You find the artist, you bring them to the label, 
and sign the artist. Um, but then the repertoire part comes in. So it's pairing your artists with producers that are right for them, pairing them with features, making sure that they have all the resources that they need to put out the type of music that they want. So then a lot of A&R is also about artist development. It's developing your artist, like figuring out how your artist is marketable. So it's definitely really helpful to have a marketing background. So that's a big part of it is developing the artist. You also do, you do a lot of number stuff, a lot of budgeting stuff. You also are kind of like their point person for the artist developing the project. A lot of A&Rs are always in the studio. They're helping the project become developed. They're helping write and make sure the lyrics are good. They're helping make sure that the the music, that the beat is on point and that it serves the song well. You also, as an A&R, you work across multiple platforms. You work with the marketing team at the label. You work with influencers. You kind of oversee everything that's going on with the artist across multiple platforms day to day. So it's kind of a very all-encompassing position and all-encompassing job, but I love I love that about it. I love that you get to be involved so heavily in so many things that the artist is doing day to day. It's kind of like you are dipping your toes in everything. It's like a mix of management and like kind of being a little agent and then also kind of doing the project management and then also just like being there for the artist in general. But A&R is one of definitely one of the coolest parts of the industry by far, in my opinion, by far. The most rewarding thing I think about it is is the artist development part and is watching the artist grow and watching your artist achieve their goals and and their dreams come true. And I think that is the part about it that really appealed to me the most is just helping people and helping make their dreams come true. So at the end of the day, if I can... Oh, that was the most wholesome thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, but seriously, like this has been a working in music has been a dream of mine for so long and it's starting to finally come true. And I want to make that happen for other people. Oh yes. I love that. What do you specifically look for in artists that you are thinking of working with when you're doing your A&R? Ooh, I have to think about this one actually. <laughs> yeah, That was a, a thick question. There's a lot to unpack there. For me, I kind of just get a feeling when I listen to a song or when I meet an artist, it is, it's kind of a feeling. It's never really one thing specifically that I'm looking for. I mean, drive is a big thing. How motivated is this artist? Are they going to meet me halfway? Because as someone who works on the business end of things, you can only really do so much. If the artist is hungry and the artist wants it and the artist wakes up early every single morning and is a go-getter, then that is so important to me because they want it as bad as I want it for them. But other than that, it's really just when you know, you know, you know, like <laughs> when you know, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Music is so much about the feeling that you get when you listen to a song or exactly. like the way that you're able to connect to it. But also it really, it's funny that you mentioned drive because I was talking to somebody else about that in one of my previous episodes about creativity and like working in the creative space whether it's music or film or tv or movies or podcasts anything a big determinant of how successful you'll be is if you have the drive to treat it like a career as opposed to a hobby because there are people that don't want to do it as a career and do just want to do it as a hobby and that's amazing and you should that's a really great way to express yourself but 
I think that that is such an important thing to point out because it really, like you said, somebody else can only carry you so much. Like you do have to want it in order to make it happen because we're already fighting an uphill battle. Exactly, exactly. And if I think that personally, if you're a hard worker and you're determined and ambitious, like you can make life whatever you want it to be. That's what I've always thought. I mean, going into music is such a shot in the dark. It's it's a it's a really tough field to go into. It's very competitive. And um that was, you know, my family's number one thing too is when I said, you know, like mom and dad, I want to go into music. They were like, "Well, I mean, that's a really tough industry. Are you sure that that's what you want to do? And my response then was, you know what, if I am the hardest working person in the room at all times, I have no doubt in how far that I could potentially go. And I think that about anyone entering any profession. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's so true, though. That really is so true. It is all about drive. And like you said, honestly, if you do work hard enough and you hustle, I think that life is really about creating your own opportunities. And I think that that's something that this pandemic has really highlighted. Like, while the world may be at a complete standstill and like things aren't really growing the way that we typically see them grow, you just have to look inside yourself and figure out what you want and go get it. Yeah, exactly. Like I always say that I'm such a big advocate for creating your own opportunity. People will come to me all the time and they'll be like, Alessia, how do I get an internship in music? I am so, so willing to help people. But at the end of the day, what the best piece of advice that I believe I could give them is if you want to do something, then do it. Shoot your shot is the point of the rant. Always shoot your shot. Life is too short not to shoot your shot. But I do have just a couple more questions to wrap this up. This one is my favorite question. Working in the entertainment industry, we sometimes find ourselves in interesting positions that other careers may not have put us in. So do you have any embarrassing stories from your time working in entertainment that you want to share? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have so many embarrassing stories. The first thing that comes to my mind, this is so embarrassing. Oh my gosh, this <laughs> haunts my dreams. <laughs> so I'm still like very new to the industry and I do get really shy in certain situations and I get really nervous. Every year, except for this year because of COVID, uh, 1824 hosts an invitational in either New York City or LA where they basically fly all our entire department out and we have like a whole weekend with a bunch of conferences and meet and greets with with label executives. And um, you basically meet like everyone who works for the company. And it's an amazing opportunity for networking, for building relationships. Um, and you get to meet the entire department, which is amazing. That's how I met some of my closest friends. That's how I met Taylor. So, oh gosh. Okay, so what... <laughs> One of the labels threw us like a party mixer type of thing. Basically, (laughs) the CEO of the label attended and I was hyping myself up the entire event. I was like, Alessia, you got to go talk to them. You got to do it. You'll never have this opportunity again. You'll never be in the room right next to them again. You got to do it. So I'm hyping myself up. I'm hyping myself up. So... After about an hour of hyping myself up, take a deep breath, and I walk towards him. 
and I just simply forget how to speak. The words just don't come out of my mouth. So here I am, standing directly across from him with my jaw just on the floor, pretty much. Like, I, oh, no. my mouth was open, but words were not coming out. So they were standing with some other big label executives, too. And, and they go, okay, I'll take it from here. Hi, I'm so <gasps> What's your name? <laughs> oh, no. And I was traumatized. Oh, my God. Poor girl. Yeah. Well, once we once we opened up the conversation, we ended up having a great conversation. Um, everything was fine, but that was a very embarrassing moment for me. Um, it took a while to recover from that one, but yeah, it, at the end of the day, we had a great conversation, and um, I definitely my confidence in those types of situations has improved quite a bit over the last year. So, um, <laughs> so. It was a it was a lesson, you know. It was, it was a lesson. Wait, that's I think that's so funny. But okay, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Next time I see him, it's it's gonna be great. I'm gonna go right up to him. Oh, it's so good to see you again. Like I'm ready. I planned <laughs> it out. I've thought about it so much. I planned it out. You'll have to keep us updated on that. I'm excited for the next one, oh, though. I absolutely will. <laughs> We've gone over a lot, but is there anything else or any final advice that you have for people who are looking to get started in music? I'll elaborate a little bit on what I was saying before. It just create your own opportunities. Internships can be really tricky in a way where like, I'm sure everyone has applied for dozens of internships and you could apply for 40 internships and only hear back from maybe one or two. So internships can be really tricky. So while you wait for those opportunities to come around, create your own opportunity. If you want to be an A&R, start looking for artists that you really believe in and reach out to them. Say, hey, I want to help you with your marketing. I want to help you get your foot in the door. Tell me a little bit about what you're working on. Let me know how I can help you and how I can be be in assistance to you. If you want to be a content creator, go shoot content for free. Um, Offer your services for free. There's always opportunity out there. They might just be opportunities that you kind of have to seek out for yourself. Those are the times that you really can fully express yourself and really try new things and really gain those experiences. And then all of that is going to give you so much confidence, which is really going to be the last piece in the puzzle that you're going to need in order to chase what you want. Oh, another piece of advice I wanted to mention too was rejection is a blessing. And I truly believe that. I applied for probably 100 internships before I got an offer from 1824. And now my job is one of the biggest blessings that I've had in college. Um, So just because maybe you don't get that internship that you really wanted, it's just because there's something else for you on the horizon. So Never let rejection get you down. There is a different plan for you out there. Anyone who's listening to this, don't ever get discouraged by rejection. And now, not only do you have all of those opportunities, you have my lovely podcast to guide you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to. The shameless promo. I had to. I had to. I had to. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You have made it to the end. Before you go really quickly, do you want to tell everyone where to find you? Yeah, sure. My Instagram is Alessia 
dot noel n-o-e-l-l-e my twitter is same vibe but instead of the dot underscore tiktok is also alessia noel and then on all platforms i'm just alessia all streaming platforms for music so yeah those are all of my socials i have links to everything on instagram so that's probably the best platform well everyone go stream those songs you will not regret it Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again, Alessia, for coming on the podcast. It was so nice to talk to you. I am super excited to be on the lookout for all of your new music, see all of your new projects. And yeah, I'm so excited that you came on. Thank you so much for having me. No, I agree. This was really fun. It's so great to get to know you and talk about music. Yes, my favorite, favorite pastime. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you're not already, follow Clock and Vibe out on Instagram to stay up to date on all of the latest episodes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a little rating, a little review. It'll really help me out. That is all I have for you guys this week, but I will be back next week with another episode. (music) 